Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of the EPL Boys, your home for everything English Premier League soccer and a little bit more. My name is Matt, as always, with my best friend through the internet, JD, the Prem is back. I am so fucking tired of saying that. Like, thank God there's no more international windows. I Not until March, right? Yeah. I think I'm, March. Four months. Four months. However long four months is. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. That's what the very knowledgeable Twitter people on Twitter told me. So, and I believe everything I see on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I'm gonna go with that. But yes, a lot of action, big, big fixtures that happened this weekend. Um, there's a little bit of a title race starting to form. Multiple teams, top six looking interesting. Relegation yeah. battle looking spicy. Yeah. Oh, we got it all. I think this this might shape up to be a good Premier League season for the neutral. Like, because genuinely, I, I... And again, we're going to discuss it, but, like, I really don't think there's just a... Num- I don't think there's a number one team in the Premier League right now. I don't think, like, there's a team like those Man City sides, like the Liverpool side of recent years, where it's just, like, they are just better. Like And then I, Arsenal is there, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's one of those things where it's, like, I genuinely think... We have good races all over the Premier League. Like, all over. Spread across the entire table. And there's no better place to start, J.D. Game one of the weekend. Manchester City won. Liverpool won. Um, I'm not going to lie, J.D. Liverpool had a, a little bit of a slow start. Erling Holland getting a goal earlier. I was starting to get worried that, ooh, Man City might... See, Man City might just do the job, but Liverpool righted the ship. Got a very, very, very nice goal. What would be more a goal of the week if something else didn't happen later in the week? What would be a goal of the week nominee? Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, an absolute banger. Um, JD, 1-1 is the result. With this result, though, you guys did open... You and Manchester City opened the window for Arsenal to leapfrog you both. But from a Liverpool perspective, how are we feeling that's a point on the road at the Etihad? Yeah, I I'm feeling great. Uh, a point at the Etihad is I if 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 I was offered that before this game, I would take it. Um, in the form that City is in and can always be in, I'm taking a draw here all day long. The the sad part is that Holland's goal only happens because Allison slips. Like that's like that's the sad part is that it, he I, loses I, his footing and he miskicks his uh his his goal kicker well his his uh drop kick or whatever and that goal probably doesn't happen i mean obviously butterfly effect you know what you know everything else might not have happened in the game either way i think liverpool played really well uh overall uh the stats don't necessarily show that they should have gotten i mean it's it was pretty even i would say for an away team playing against a team like city but liverpool just stayed in it and trent what a goal he doesn't score many but he typically scores bangers, and that was certainly a banger. Getting the ball out of his feet as quick as he did, um, it's a rare skill. 
And for a right back slash CDM at this point to do that is pretty good. So I'm very happy. Um, I was not happy Saturday night, but that's a different different conversation. Matt, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, JC, I... you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I... <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. I think every single MLS game this past weekend was affected in somehow some way <laughs> by the wonderful world of pro refereeing. Um, <laughs> now, really, my only takeaways from the Liverpool-Man City game is it, it, it does prove that, like, in years past, if Manchester City aren't on the top of their game, they still, like, just are arguably head, shoulders, knees, and toes better than their opponent. This season doesn't seem like the case. This season kind of has the feeling where if Man City isn't clicking, and I'm not saying, like, they need to be 100%, but, like, if they're only going at 70%, good teams can get results against Man City, which is something you really couldn't say in the years past. My only takeaway from Liverpool, I think they did a wonderful job riding out the storms, finding their opportunities, hitting on the counterattack. Yes, the Trenkle was beautiful. Um, Allison looked shaky the full game period. Like, I know JD did bring he up did. the slip. No, he did. He but, did. like, I'm used to Allison being sure as shine, you know, sure as a blue sky day, you know, in spring. And Allison looked a little shaky from time to time. But the other thing that concerns me is towards the end of the game, that outside the boot kick he tried doing, and then he was, like, coming up hobbling. Like, if Allison goes down for Liverpool, that is just as important, in my opinion, as if Mo Salah goes down for Liverpool. Like, that's a... Like, Allison is one of the goalkeepers in the world where, like, I get the backup's probably good, but he's not Allison good. Like... Allison yeah, Kelleher is good, but no, it's not. It's not close. Um, no, it's almost like, and I'm, this isn't just the early kickoff argument that Klopp has. It's almost like half these players just got off a plane from South America two days prior. In jet, like I, these international breaks just ruin these every season. I, I, I just hate it. You get like one, maybe two training sessions in afterwards. Usually just one, and then you play a bit, a, not just a game, but a huge game. And that's I I just I can't stand it and it, and it, it's like it, it's like this for every team every team goes through it but shouldn't that cause change I I just I, I don't know I I, don't, I think I'm not this, saying yeah. that's the reason Allison looks shaky it probably wasn't but it, I I'm just I'm just thinking at least out loud how do I put this politely like. JD's not wrong. I genuinely don't think JD is wrong. Um, these international windows come at terrible times, and unfortunately, like, yeah, they give players, like, two days to, like, get off a plane and go, hey, I'll, I'll be honest here. I, like, it took me a week to recover from jet lag from Spain, and I didn't even play soccer. I just yeah, drank and ate food. Like, I just drank beer and ate food. Um... Now, it's it's just genuinely one of those things where I think Liverpool probably is the happier of the two teams at the end of this game. For sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. It's and, and that's I think for Liverpool that that speaks volumes to the character that this side have and you're going to get, you know, a few guys back 
And again, you're going to play games not two days after an international break. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, the next game, JD, I was genuinely worried. I'll be honest with you in this next game. West Ham 2, Burnley 1. Uh, um, first half, First of all, shame on West Ham at all for making this game even semi-competitive whatsoever. Burnley looked comfortable and confident. And I'm not ready to talk about Burnley being comfortable and confident. I need Burnley to be a dumpster fire, JD. I need, <laughs> I need it. I need, I need like certain things in life. I need death. I need taxes. And I need Burnley to look like a terribly ran football club. And West Ham kind of fucked with that with me when I was watching this game. I'm not going to lie. I watched this game for huge chunks during the 10 a.m. slot. Burnley got that penalty, and I was like, oh my god, for some odd reason I was getting Sean Deitch flashbacks and going, Burnley are going to have 10% of this ball, and they are going to win this game 1-0. But a late own goal off of O'Shea, and then Thomas Suchek getting the game winner in extra time. JD, somehow, some way, David Moyes, boys, man, another masterclass. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, uh, potato salad man strikes when they needed him most. And um, yeah, West Ham did not play well. They did not, at, in any capacity, play a good game. But good teams get results. And even when they don't play well, they win. So I, I, I hand it to West Ham for staying in this game after they went down in, in the 49th minute. But man, you got to do better because this was Burnley. It, it, you can you can do this against certain teams, a very few teams, but if you play like this against probably 15 other teams in the league, you're going to be losing every every time. So I, something, something needs to happen. And, and for Burnley, this is heartbreaking, like genuinely heartbreaking. You were five minutes away from absolutely stealing three points, like not even just a draw. You would have stolen three points against a, a a team in European competition. Oh my God, Vincent Company's guys would have been. They would have brought out the double decker bus, JD. Like this would have been the win of wins. I don't know. Even even if Burnley were still in the championship, if they were riding a one nil scoreline from a Jay Rodriguez penalty, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I just oh no, I just <laughs> I just sit here and I thought to myself like that. Just it just sounds like this was a championship game. Like, Jay Rodriguez penalty in the 49th minute. And I just, again, I, I couldn't stop thinking, if Sean Deitch was the coach, oh my god. I don't know, I... I, I I'm gonna say mean things about Vincent Company. Fuck, I don't think he's the guy. You know what, I... It, it, his, are, are these are these ex-players getting managerial roles too early? I, but, like, he's done well... Is that, is, that, that the, is that the question we should be having? But he's done well in other places, and he took this Burnley side and absolutely destroyed an entire championship year. Like, I get it, he deserves to be here, but, like, would it have almost been better? Like, let's have the conversation of, would it have been better if Vincent Company stayed in the championship for, like, two more years? Like... Yeah, pr I, probably. It's just one of those things where... Because I think this is hurting. Like, this is hurting Vincent Company's managerial career and i get it it's so young in that career where like did they have one win in 13 games they have the second worst goal differential in the league i don't know how but they have the second worst goal differential in the league and they have scored 10 goals in 13 games 
that is terrible. Like, that's, like, uh, realistically, I mean, you look at this. I mean, we have three teams, two teams more, but three teams. And honestly, I would say Burnley probably falls into the, like, the really dangerous category of, fuck, are Burnley going to fuck around and, like, get, like, be in the conversation for least points in a Premier League season? Like, I don't could... think anybody's taking that away from Derby, but, or Derby County, but... I, I'm just JD. We are. I mean, realistically, again, I'm not. I mean, are, Everton. Everton. There are <laughs> honestly, we'll get to Everton in a little bit. But genuinely, I watched this Burnley side, and I was like, the whole game when they were up one nothing, I'm sitting here going, "Oh my god, Burnley fans would probably sell the soul to their first child to see this one nothing result out," because like. Genuinely, I don't think Premier like Burnley, even against an Everton, a Sheffield United, a Luton, a Bournemouth. Burnley are very much the second best team in a two-leg race. Doesn't matter who they're playing in this league, and that's what scares me. Like genuinely, I I dude, if Everton and Burnley played tomorrow, I would hammer Everton like it was no one's business. So. Yeah. We move on. Uh, next game, Luton 2, Crystal Palace 1. I'm not going to say I was right, but there's two people on this podcast, and someone's not wrong. Up, Luton. Uh, I'm just kidding. How no, many how, how many total did you get right? Let, let's not let's not, let's not get to the details, okay? We're just <laughs> focusing on Luton, Crystal Palace. Um, Luton getting their first Division 1 win, their first Premier League arrow win. That's the way they were describing it. So I'm not sure if they've won in the first division of English soccer before. But Luton getting their first win uh, on an 83rd minute uh, Brown goal. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. What what a time for the fans of Luton. My God, all the goals were late. Goals in the 72nd, 74th, and 83rd minute. This game left the theatrics to late. Uh, Brown, that was also his first goal in the Premier League, period. So it's like one of those things where, holy shit, everyone's getting their first. I bet you, J.D. Luton, the town of Luton, is still celebrating like it is no one's business. This is massive for such a tiny, tiny club. Yeah, uh, masterclass from Luton. Um, I Actually, I shouldn't say masterclass. They... They were outplayed by Palace, but Palace just didn't take their chances. The one goal they had was a world-class goal from uh, from Michael Olise. And <laughs> it's crazy to think that Luton played the game they did and re- realistically could have won it 2-0 without just an absolute worldy of a goal that doesn't happen most games. So I, I hand it to Luton. Uh, Palace, what the fuck? Like, seriously? I, you are a mid-table team that is good on their day. I, uh, I, I just don't, I don't understand this Palace team. Like they, the, the thing is, they'll they'll get enough good results to be comfortably mid-table at the end oh, of the yeah. season. As a Palace fan, how do you feel about that? They never progress. They they don't they don't regress, but they never pro- progress forward. I, I just, you look at Aston Villa, you look at Brighton, those. Teams that were very much mid-table teams a couple seasons ago, and now look at them. They're in Europe. They're fighting for top four. I just, I don't know. Palace is that team that's getting left behind. 
I would gen and and one thing if you're a Crystal Palace fan, yes, mediocrity, just that that central line of just being average is been your identity now for a decade plus, if I can remember. But the thing I'm worried worried about is Eze, Eze walking off injured for Crystal Palace. That is. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and open up fresh wounds with Wilfred Zaha, but like, JD, this has massive Wilfred Zaha got hurt, and now I don't know where Crystal Palace's production is going to come from. Like, it, it really makes me wonder, like, because is Olisi enough? Like, is Edward enough? Are these guys enough for Crystal Palace? And like, it just, it yeah. keeps, it keeps making me want to ask questions. Yeah, no, 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 and you have to ask that question. Eze was a lot of the production out of this team. Um, we don't know how how long he's going to be out. Elise's there. Edward's there. I again, I, I I still feel like they're they're going to end the season in like twelfth or thirteenth place. But where do you like? You might lose Eze this summer. You might lose Michael Elise. Do you replace them? Like may- maybe they've actually done a pretty good job at replacing their their players that leave. But I, they're stuck in a rut. They're stuck in these, and it's not a bad rut to be stuck in. To be fair, like they could they could be stuck in the championship and be a lot worse. But as a fan, you expect a little bit more. Palace have been in the league for so many years now. Do something, whether or not you stay higher, like whether or not you if you make a push for Europe, maybe get seventh or sixth or something like that. Whether or not you stay there is whatever, but if you don't even make that push, I, I just, I don't, I, I can't imagine uh, being a fan of this team right now. Yeah, it's, and it's a general question to ask. Like, it is. It's like, I'd love to be outside of Selhurst Park, just like basically asking, like, is 12th okay? Like, we're just, we're good with that. Like, that's, is this the line in the sand and we are just following it? Or, you know, it's interesting. A lot of questions. Again, this this game does open some serious questions and opens up some serious, serious conversations for Crystal Palace. But let's take nothing away from this Luton side. Like, a lot of us, JD and I both included, I got the receipts, got no issue sharing them. We were all very much like, Luton might get eight points this year. Luton have nine points out of 13 games. They are out of the relegation zone. Season ends today. Luton stay in the Prem. And my God, would we all not love to see Luton in another season in the Premier League? Like, Yeah, and I I would love even more the fact that the only reason they would still be in the Premier League if the season ended today would be because Everton got deducted 10 points. Yeah. Um, would have been would have been hilarious. Luton is ne- still probably going to go down. <sighs> let's not put that energy into the world. Like, let's... I, I want some positive pro Luton energy okay I'm like this is literally rooting for the little guy I want to root for the little guy JD okay this is like March Madness every single weekend and Luton are the 15 seed like they're not the 16 seed they're not going up against the one seed where they're going to lose by like 44 and the starters aren't going to play the entire second half like this is the 15 seed against a two seed where it's like ooh, hold up Wait a minute! You got that crafty three-point shooter who's just making all the shots. And it's the it's the bracket breaker, you know. Bracket breaker. You love to hear it. Uh, next game, probably the biggest, uh, the biggest game of the 10 a.m. fixtures here on the East Coast. Newcastle four, Chelsea one. Um, 
really just an absolute just powerhouse display. Isak back in the starting lineup, uh, you know, immediately getting on the goal sheet. A host of Chelsea problems on the back line would really uh, lead to a bunch of errors that would lead to, of course, some really good-looking goals. Honestly, Chelsea, this was just an absolute... The, the, everything they've been building towards these last few weeks, because they have been on the up prior to this game, everything is just to the, everything is to the shredder, JD. Everything. Raheem Sterling scoring an absolute beautiful goal uh, off of a set piece, like young Raheem Sterling style, but an absolute defensive like fall completely fall out. Reese James getting two. I'm gonna say it. Immature yellow cards to get himself sent off, and, and just allowing this Newcastle side. Which JD, tell me if I'm wrong. Newcastle's been kind of limping to this point. So like, if Chelsea were ever gonna get a result, this would have been it. And oh my god. Newcastle starting to get back good form. The rest of the Premier League doesn't want to see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Newcastle fans are complaining about. Look at who scored the four goals. Uh, looks like all their starters are there for the most part. Uh, Isak, Baller, um, Lascelles. Kind of sometimes forget he's still on Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> Joel Linton didn't realize he remembered how to score, but he's usually playing in the game. Anthony Gordon, I hate that cunt. Um <laughs> But <laughs> Raheem uh, Sterling with a beautiful free kick. Uh, the foul leading up to it was soft as hell. But great free kick. Um, also, the Reese James red card. Second yellow. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's very immature. I agree. Soft as fuck oh, no. from Anthony Gordon. I, 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 hate this. I hate this. Of course, the ref is always going to call that. But come on. These players, they just they they feel a fingertip on their shoulder and they collapse. I I just I I don't I don't get it. I it's, it's not fun to watch. Like I I'm not a huge Reese James fan. I think he's a great you know player, but I have to not be a fan of him because there's all the Reese James Trent Alexander Arnold comparisons. I feel bad for him in that sense. I think he shouldn't have done that, but he barely touches Gordon. And he just collapses. And, and we've it's, had and we've had this conversation on this podcast. That second yellow needs to be reviewable. Like with yeah. all the things that we review in the Premier League through VAR in the world. You know, it's not even just the Premier League. The whole world. That second yellow card. Anytime that there is a play, an action that could lead to someone getting sent off, we need to be able to go. Hey, are we making the right call? Because two. Ultra soft yellow cards in a really important game could absolutely completely change the fabric of the result. And, like, you want to make sure that it's not too soft yellows, but you can't review them because they're only yellow. Like, come on. Everything in its grandmother is getting reviewed right now. Why are we not reviewing second yellow cards? I still think it's a very dumb thing yeah. that Reese James did. Like, yeah. you are already on a yellow card. Like... There are things you know you're going to get booked for. Like, don't give the ref a reason. I think that would probably be what I would explain because, to... Because they will take that reason. This weekend, time. specifically, around the world, in all leagues, referees took the podium and made it about themselves. <laughs> God bless America. Next game, Nottingham Forest 2, Brighton 3. Uh, this game was just fun. Like... 
a little sloppy, a little scrappy, but this game realistically was fun. Um, Nottingham Forest getting off to an absolutely fire start. Uh, Alanga getting a, a goal in the first five minutes. Uh, I am going to regret just ev every day we got rid of him for 15 million euros. I'm just, or pounds. I'm just going to just regret this so much. But Ferguson for Brighton is back in the lineup and then also gets himself back on the score sheet. But uh, two. Uh, uh, Pedro goals, uh, Joao Pedro goals would see Brighton jump Newcastle United in this fixture. JD, this game was just fun. In my opinion, it was fun. Uh, two pens, though, did deciding the game, but this game for me was just fun. I think the calls were correct. I, I Genuinely, I don't think either one of these teams were robbed. I think this was a very fairly called game. Uh, Lewis Dunk, congratulations. You're just a fucking idiot. Like, hey, let me get a yellow card. Cool. Let me 30 seconds later just do everything in its grandmother to piss the ref off to get sent off. Like, dude, Lew like this is the shit with Lewis Dunk that really annoys me because this is what he always does. He is very much a, hey, I don't care where I'm at in the game. This is a close fixture. Like, everything is super tight. Let me, the captain, risk my team's result because I have a really dog shit attitude. Like, that's my only takeaway from this game. Like, Lewis Dunk, what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah, so... <laughs> I'll just start off with Lewis Dunk. I'm really curious what he said to the ref because it didn't... It, I didn't see anything on the broadcast that said, like, he said, like, you know, fuck your mother or something like that. That would probably indicate why he was sent off. He must have said something, and I'm really curious to hear what it was. And I, I've always liked Lewis Dunk for actually for this reason. I've always thought that he's been a fiery player, while you know temper wise, but also being a good player. Like he scored, he scored what over 50 goals for Brighton from center back. That's absurd. Hey, like that a, is. A, he's a set piece firecracker, man. I. I don't know. I've always loved him, but yeah, it, it was stupid. Like, he wasn't even the one that committed the foul for the penalty for Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> and and he got two yellows in the VAR look. I just also that that penalty was not a penalty. I I was trying to figure like there have been a, there were a lot of penalties this weekend and I was I was realizing this as I'm looking at this game. It was like, "Oh yeah, three of them were in this game." I don't even remember the two that Jao Pedro scored, but the Morgan Gibbs White one I remember because of the because of all the Lewis dunk shit. That was no in no way a penalty. Didn't didn't you know affect the game really, at least in the scoreline. But uh, dunk don't don't yell at the ref. Apparently, apparently you can't express your opinion even as a captain. This is me not knowing what he said. He could have said something horrible, and then in hindsight, you know, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I don't know what he said, but uh, apparently as the captain, you cannot express your opinion to the referee. Which I think is bullshit because the referee can do anything they want. Yeah, I, good win, good win for Brighton. I, Nottingham I, Forest almost fought back. See, I agree. Like, I genuinely do agree. Like, as a captain, you should be, of course, given the leeway. Like, to, you should be able to have any conversation you want with the ref. You are the direct representer of your club to the ref. Yes, but also. If he's saying terrible, terrible things... Yeah, it depends it, what he said. And it's one of those things where... 
every single week we seem to get more and more open with what conversations are having with the ref or VAR and, and, and all these pundits and all these, like we're finding more information out now than ever. I would be very surprised if I don't hear, or if we don't hear something. Some I'm going rumor. to be very disappointed if he got sent off because he said fuck off or something like that. Yeah. I Just, just like with Van Dyke where he got an extra suspension because he said fuck off to the ref. Be, be, be stronger, ref. Like, have a thicker skin. Fuck off. I would, like, I would genuinely like to know what he said. But yeah, I but, would too. I would. But too. back to the game. It was a fun game to watch. Um, Brighton almost slipped up at the end, conceding right after the red card. But they held off, and for Brighton, this is massive. Like this was a massive result against a team that you're kind of in the mix with. Like realistically, like. If you dropped three points and Nottingham Forest gained those points, you are now uncomfortably close. Um, but Brighton, finding themselves in eighth, 22 points, one point behind Newcastle United, uh, only whew, only four points out of the top five. If you're a Brighton, that's exactly where you want to be, striking distance. So we move on uh, a game of the battle, the battle of the bottom. Sheffield United going up against Bournemouth. Bournemouth getting that solid, solid 3-1 victory. Um, yeah, that whole me thinking Sheffield United and home field advantage thing, yeah. I um, I was going to say, I was going to say, you definitely yeah, called this no, not correct. No, I... <laughs> Sheffield United... Are, watching this game made me sad. For a couple reasons. Number one, Sheffield United just don't belong in the Premier League, period. Like... Burnley don't belong in the Premier League. And I, right now, there's two teams in the Premier like who are in the top flight who do not belong in the top flight. And there's no argument whatsoever that will change that. One is Burnley. One of them is Sheffield United. You don't even play like you. I have never seen a team make Bournemouth look like Barcelona. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. Like when... Sheffield United is lucky to get seconds on the ball. Really, just... Uh, Bournemouth, JD. Again, I don't like just bringing up stats because I feel like that's just me reading off of my phone. But 11 shots on target. 23 shots in total. Almost three expected goals for Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Uh, what do they have? 11 points? And you made Bournemouth look like prime Barcelona. You don't Twelve points, actually. But sorry, you don't belong in the Premier League, <laughs> Sheffield. You don't. I'm gonna be mean about it. It is what it is. You just, just go down. Just, just go. I. That's so harsh for me to say. Thirteen games in, but like, I find zero pleasure in watching. Like, think about this. I know I'm just ranting right now. I watch Luton. I enjoy watching Luton, cause you know what? They're a little scrappy. You know what? I like watching Everton because honestly, they genuinely have some form of fight in them. It's one of these things where you can be at the bottom and still be in the conversation of fuck, I belong to be here. When I watch Sheffield United, when I watch Burnley, dude, like, why'd you travel? Why'd you show up today? Why are you charging people a wage to come watch you play? Those tickets better be fucking free. Like... Fuck. Yeah, and and by the 80th minute, Bramall Lane looked like a New York Red Bull uh, at Red Bull Arena on a Wednesday night. 
Oh, you try getting to Newark, New Jersey on a Wednesday night. Like, <laughs> hey, I could I could have said I could have just said Red Bull Arena. I I I put Wednesday night in there. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, JD, I really don't have many talking points from this. I mean, Bournemouth, probably the best, probably the best I've ever seen Bournemouth. Period. Because Bournemouth, like I said, they looked phenomenal. But I, I don't want to take anything away from that. But I genuinely can't give Bournemouth all the credit because Sheffield United genuinely are just a terrible football club. Yeah, no, Sheffield United are 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 just that terrible that Burnmouth, who are not having a good season in the slightest, can look world class against them. And this is the Premier League we're talking about. So yeah. that that actually, even though this was two team, this was two teams who were pretty much in a relegation battle, both of them. I one can look so much better than the other. And that says a lot about Sheffield. Yeah. Next game, Brentford 0, Arsenal 1. Uh, this game had me worried, and I bet you a lot of Arsenal fans also felt very worried about this. It just kind of felt like anything Arsenal was doing was doing everything but score goals. Like, Arsenal dominated every facet of this game. They looked phenomenal. They were applying endless amounts of pressure. Mikel Arteta's team just looked like they just kept going and going and going and going. And Brentford looked content to keep this game at 0-0. Yeah, Brentford had an odd chance here or there. But realistically, this was Arsenal's show. But, J.D., I was almost chuckling a little bit, thinking to myself, man, Arsenal's going to do everything except score today. Well... That was before Kai Havertz came on the field. Kai Havertz scoring the game-winning goal in the 89th minute. JD, this result sees Arsenal go top of the Premier League table. Holy, excuse me, holy shit. Wow, <laughs> I literally was so shocked I burped. Um, yeah, JD, Arsenal top of the table. I think this is the difference. Like As I was describing about Manchester City before, even on a day where they don't look the best... Arsenal are finding a way to pull results. And this is the difference between Arsenal of two to three years ago and Arsenal right now. Arsenal literally, like other teams would have put their heads down, but I don't know how many times Arsenal, this Arsenal side have won late this year. They really are applying pressure to teams like Manchester City and Liverpool. Like, hey, this is not a two-horse race. This is a three-horse race. And I think Arsenal legitimately looks like a team that might stick around. Yeah, um, I, I rarely say the cringy things that, you know, players and managers say in post-match interviews uh, because they pretty much are coached too, so that they don't say something wrong. But I'm going to say it because it's true. This is a results business. And if no matter how you play, at the end of the day, you need to get a result to be good. And that's what Arsenal has done this season. And I, I would say so is Liverpool, so is Manchester City. I, and with City versus Liverpool, I think Liverpool feels better about that. Like, they got a result there, and City did not. Arsenal got a result, even though they were not nearly as good as they could be against uh, against Brentford. Excuse me. Um, Brentford, I think, held themselves well up until that goal. So, it, I think they feel a little hard done by themselves, you know. Um, I, th I think 0-0 zero, zero probably would have been fair. But again... Arsenal have been able to get results, and that's that's how you succeed. I ha I hate that I just had to say all that because I I just I can't stand in those post match interviews 
when they're just like, it's results business. We got the three points. It's all that matters. It's like, bro, tell us how you actually feel, please. Like, no, I and, and I understand. It's that cookie cutter thing. You want to see some raw emotion. Like, I get yeah. it. Like, I get it. It ends up turning into clickbait and it ends up getting put on memes and stuff when people are honest and say real things. But you generally want to see stuff come from the heart. And yeah, but I don't know. For Arsenal, I, I genuinely am like, I am thoroughly impressed. I thought Arsenal were going to start looking like the Arsenal of old crumble when the when the going got tough and they just kept going so arsenal top of the premier league table how about kai havertz though uh arsenal fans what do you think oh they're chanting his name jd have you not oh. saw, have you not have you not seen the 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 videos off of the arsenal pages they're they got chance they're good kai Kai I don't Havertz. watch. I, I don't watch AFTV enough. Oh I no, not watch not, a, not AFTV. No, absolutely not. I'm talking about just scrolling, <laughs> just bland social media soccer pages. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I I honestly, I need to start watching AFTV more. I, I it's always been good in the past when I've was, seen it, uh, but, but I, I'm curious what they think about Havertz the, being the savior. But the issue is, is right now is they're winning. AFTV <laughs> is only good when that team is losing. That they that's, are. That's true. They are only good when they're losing. So the hope, the hope that kills you era. I mean, I guess they were, uh, last season was kind of that too. But <laughs> oh, when Arsenal were bad, AFTV was good. Um, yeah, now, the final few seasons of Wenger. Oh, we're on to Sunday. Tottenham one, Aston Villa two. Uh, Lacelso on. JD, this entire week had bangers, goals wise. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What's your What's your favorite goal of the, of the weekend? And don't and try not to be biased. Uh, no, don't, don't. It's it's not even. No, biased. no, no, no. no, no. It's genuinely not. You can pick Garnacho. Yeah, you can pick Garnacho. I'm just saying. Garnacho's like, goal is a once in a lifetime goal. If you did not experience that goal live, you just don't get it. Like JD, guess what? It was his first goal of the season. I don't care. That could be his only goal of the season. We're not there yet. Lacelso getting um, an absolute banger of a goal, and I mean JD, we were seconds away from Tottenham going into the half with a one nothing lead, but a uh, Paul Torres headed goal. He played again phenomenally. He's been a gem. We've called it. He has been a gem this year, and Ollie Watkins scoring in the second half, finally getting his goal. Um, the uh, the Tottenham free fall is on JD. Free fall. Well, I, we we talked about it. we talked about it on Friday. Um, everything I everything I said that that I remember saying is true. I I, I have not. It, it's even worse for Tottenham. I just losing in the way they did. I just this is. I'm the biggest Spurs hater. Don't get me wrong, but I I actually kind of feel bad for Spurs for for Spurs fans right now. Because this is this is a a quicker free fall than I thought that they would have. We are talking about a team that was first in the league, and holy shit, you didn't hear the end of it for that one week, I think. And guess what? You are now fifth. And, <laughs> and, and Manchester United is on your tail. And falling, like genuinely, yeah. I am interested to see what um, the manager does because uh, this is his first true test, like. Because things were going so smooth so quickly. The issue is, is now there was... It's the same thing that happened with Eric Ten Hag last year. The thing is, it's like, you had success so early, so quickly, that now people are expecting that to be the expectation. And the issue is, is now when you have a slip and a dip in form, 
It's amazing how all these pundits that were saying manager of the year, team of the season, are all kind of now really hesitant to keep, hesitant to keep those conversations going. So Yeah, I haven't heard shit about Ange. Yeah, so it, it's genuinely, genuinely interesting to see what goes on. But for Unai Emery, another masterclass. Because Tottenham at some, you know, they got that goal and they started to flex their muscles. Spurs looked like they were good for a second, if not a third goal. In that first half alone, Aston Villa didn't bend. They didn't break. They stuck to the game plan. They got goals that Aston Villa gets. And they leave the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with all three points and finish in a top four spot to finish with the weekend. Aston Villa, man, they, they, JD, if they can stay healthy, I know that's kind of what every single team in the league has to do, but if they can stay healthy, Aston Villa very much belong in the top four conversation. Yeah, 100%. If, if they have the same players playing all season the way that they're playing right now, um, it's it's going to be a one of the more tight top four races we've had in recent seasons. I mean, you look at Arsenal, City, Liverpool, you you would think that they're going to be there at the end of the season going for, for the top three. But holy shit, Aston Villa is tied on points with Liverpool at 28, and then City at 29 and Arsenal at 30. This, this is so close. I, I just... You, you love to see it. As a fan of one of... As... Uh, as a fan of Arsenal, City, or Liverpool, you're kind of worried. <laughs> but as a neutral, or I'm just going to put my neutral glasses on and say, I love to see competition. This is why this league is typically considered as the most competitive league in the world. And, you know, it's it's not always like that. So it's it's good to see a little competition here. And fuck Spurs. That's all I have to say. The the Spurs fact of the day, JD, uh, Hyungming Sun scored a hat trick of offside goals in this game. Oh, yeah. I remember watching this. I, I was putting it in Discord. Uh, you're not in the Discord anymore, but um, <laughs> I, I I think I just put, it's like, I don't think Sun knows how to score a goal today because all three, all th- he scored three goals and all of them were wildly offside. Like, <laughs> like bro. Stay outside. It's not hard. Hey, you know what? Hey, I bet you in the MLS, Young Wing Sun scores bangers and just yeah. Well, no, all all honestly, all three of those goals would have counted in the MLS after this past weekend. Hey, welcome, Young Wing Sun. If, if to- you're curious, if you're curious, why I keep mentioning uh, refereeing decisions in the MLS this past weekend, um, go look up Philly Union versus FC Cincinnati. The best, uh, the best call I've ever seen in my entire life as a professional soccer watcher bro i had the most engagement on my personal twitter account that i've ever had in my life this weekend Uh, i was having like tweets that got 60 to 80 likes i had like 10 retweets some of them were quote tweeting me uh because they thought i was the dumb one i also have never experienced a more toxic fan group than fc cincinnati i'm sorry when when was your team created like uh, how are you this passionate like I mean, let's bring it back. Okay, sorry, sorry. It had to be said. I don't. Uh, we should. We should have started off with this, and then it, I wouldn't have said another word. But <laughs> Manchester United three, Everton nothing. Um, in a game that had a lot of storylines around the overall fixture itself. Uh, the entire stadium painted pink with corrupt stickers and banners. Uh, Everton fans in full voice. 
anti-chance fireworks outside. They made their voice very clear. I mean, to the point where the this game almost didn't happen. These commentators were very much like there are active protests going on, and you like we can't even hide the fact that they're happening. Like, and I think it'll continue. I genuinely think it will continue. But to the actual game itself, um, JD, it has been quite some time since I watched a Man United game and went, hey, that was comfortable to watch. I had... They're back. I had an arguably good time. Oh, no, get ready. (laughs) Some of of our listeners are going to be ready for my speech. Um, Granacho, that's Puskas Award now. You can just hand... It's not going to anyone else. If it goes to someone else, not Alejandro Granacho, just like the Balloon Door Award, the Puskas Award means nothing. No, just wait. Just wait for the next Merseyside Derby. Salah's going to dribble through four people no, and put no, a curl with Top no. Chatter. Puskas Award. Literally, <laughs> the goal, like the goal to trump that goal, would have to be a player nutmegging eight guys over a ninety-yard stretch. And then chip the goalkeeper from 35 yards out. Only way. I will hand up to God, be like, nope, that's it. Give it to him. Stop. I, only a few times in my ever adult life, have been watching soccer, saw a goal, and just didn't say a word for like 15 minutes. Because my brain, JD, my brain was having a hard time comprehending what my eyes are trying to tell it. Like... So you're not going to believe this. So you know that guy who, like, bleaches his hair blonde, who, like, misses the easy shots and, and, and is a little bit of a, a hothead? Yeah. And hasn't scored yet in the in the league as, as a, a forward. Yeah, he just scored a goal that just goes in Premier League history. Could the Grenache- I can tell you. I can tell you Sky Sports and NBC Sports and any, any you know, media coverage on the game uh, were just creaming themselves, knowing they're going to have four different opportunities, just four different videos they could put out comparing this to Wade Rooney's. I cannot stress this enough. When Barstool Sports, uh, a a social media page... uh, Don't don't bring... No, no no, no free... Don't don't bring them up. I'm just saying, they never, ever, ever, ever give any sort of publicity. They don't give a fuck. When even... But this isn't... But when even their pages are like, hey, take a look at this soccer highlight. It's like, holy shit. Look at this. We've made it, guys. I think the Premier Yeah, and they, pr- and they probably said a bunch of b- dumb shit about it. Uh, They're like, oh, is this guy the LeBron James of soccer? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay, I will... Yeah, because they don't, they don't know this was his first goal of the I, season. I'm here. I'm here to have the conversation. Appearances, is Alejandro Granacho the LeBron James of soccer? Embrace the beat. <laughs> Embrace the beat, and, and um, they probably said it's like, oh, did he did he overtake Christian Pulisic for that title? Uh, <laughs> um. Also, I love that I was getting like hate text messages from people who I guess like bet on Bruno Fernandes anytime goal because United were awarded a penalty. Bruno set up as if he was taking the penalty, then picked the ball up and handed it to Marcus Rashford. <laughs> um. Yeah, I could. Uh, people were not happy, and for some odd reason, it's on me. Like people were texting me. Of, co- of course it is. It's of my fault. It is. My, I'll get Bruno on the phone later, guys, and I'll let him know to cut that shit out. Okay. Check like, check Bruno Fernandez's FanDuel account yeah, right now. Yeah, he had he had Marcus Rashford anytime goal. That's <laughs> guaranteed. Um, 
Yeah, I, I genuinely, I, JD, I, like I said, it's been a hot fucking minute since I watched a Man United game and just went, hey, that was pretty cool. But honestly, the storyline, JD, I get the goal was massive. I get the goals were there. Kobe Mano. Let's talk about this child. Kid. Child. Whatever you want to say it. He had a phenomenal preseason but picked up a late injury. Thank you to MetLife Stadium, by the way. I cannot stress this enough. NFL players are dying on that field. And this guy's entire season was almost in jeopardy because of that fucking turf. Get rid of MetLife Stadium. Just get rid of it. It's terrible. No one wants it. Get rid of it. This man put in an absolutely masterclass in the midfield at 18 years old or something like that. I think he physically makes Manchester United in the conversation for, like, one of the top six teams. Like, genuinely, I think an 18-year-old puts us there. Because if we are at our top level... If the guys come back from injury who need to come back from injury, come back in a fashion where they're able to compete at the top level, I genuinely think Manchester United have the ability to stay top six, but it really depends on this fucking child. 18 years old, he balls He's not a child. He's a child. No, I'm sorry. When you're 18 years old, you're a child. I am a 31 turning 32-year-old man who cuts coupons and yells at kids for being loud outside in the middle of the day <laughs> on Sundays. Like, get a job, you lazy fucking kids. Like, as I wave my cane. Like, I'm just... United fans, I think we're allowed to be in a good mood right now. Five wins out of six games in the Prem. We are, what, six points off of Arsenal, five points off of City, four points off of Liverpool. For the worst Man United season of all time, as everyone keeps advertising it, could be worse, but honestly, could be. honestly, IJD, I'm genuinely just excited for the test on the weekend. Are, are you are you back in? Like, um, I want to see how we approach. Find cause, me cause out. It, 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 it was it wasn't long ago. Oh, I'm still out. No, I'm out. I'm definitely out. But like, I'm kind of like, you know, like when you've been in the pool for a while and you start to prune up. And, like, even though, like, the water's refreshingly cold, now you got a little shiver in your back, so you're like, eh, let me get out. Like, I'm getting out of the pool. I'm putting one half of my right foot back in the pool. I'm just like, let me just... You're just seeing if it got a little warmer. Just you know, seeing... The sun, sun's been beating down on it. Maybe maybe it's a little warmer. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? If I get in there, I won't get sunburn. Like... I... T- to me, it sounds like your safety net... Of the, Jer- the New Jersey Red Devils, just Devils, or Devils, just sorry, Devils, because I'm, de- I'm comparing it to Manchester United. Sorry, the Jersey Devils. I think your safety net of NHL and hockey collapsing. <laughs> I think that's getting you back in the Manchester United run. I'm just counting down the days until Red Bulls back. There you go. I'm, oh, I'm, that's I'm, that, that, that's the safest bet of all, uh, right? I'm already I'm already there. Just just bring me my cold middle of March Saturday game where I can't feel my testicles like five minutes after leaving uh, the car. Like I just can't wait. I can't wait for the two or three games next season against the Philly Union. I just it's gonna be fun. Can't we're gonna wait. we're gonna get that live podcast. Can't wait. We're gonna, Justin, we're gonna do it. Justin, you get me the shed. Okay. Yeah. We're, yeah. No, well, no, it's it's more of like a garage storage container. I, I'm requesting a shed, okay? 
I would like a oddly rusted out shed Por- in the middle of Chester, Pennsylvania. And porta potty. No. <laughs> that's tight, JD. That's it's tight. A shed gives us a little bit of space to stretch our arms. Like we're not. Yeah, but if I have to, like, I'm gonna be drinking, so if I have to, like, pee. You oh know, yes, because right that's exactly what the listeners want to hear. Like, just oh, li- I'd beat my mic. Oh, that yes, and my mic, not five <laughs> inches away from yours, definitely <laughs> won't pick it all up. Um, no, I'm requesting a shed, uh, a rusted out shed in Chester, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. No, no, I'm holding my entire opinion on Manchester United to see how they look on Wednesday against uh, Galatasaray. Because I'm not going to sit here. And funny enough, I was having this conversation with some coworkers. Yes, five out of six wins in the Prem is a really good stat. That's an awesome bounce back, and that that's that's that's, that's those are legitimate comp- like competitive numbers. The opponents they have played in that time period have not been ones that you would m- m- brag about. Galatasaray is a perfect, excuse me, a perfect like testing, like a perfect test to see where United is. And then the ultimate test is Newcastle on the weekend. That is, that's going to be a very big test. So I'm excited to see what happens. But JD, we go on to the final game of the weekend. Fulham 3, Wolves 2. Uh, another absolute thriller, but some controversy at the end. A late penalty awarded. William seals at home. Basically on the final kick of the game. Uh, JD, how, Wolves... I don't think you can argue the penalty shout. I don't think you can. I think it was the correct call. But, man, that's such a gut punch for this Wolves side, who, in my opinion, played a very good game. But, man, that just... Giving up a penalty in extra time just absolutely is just a kick in the balls. Yeah. um, Again, this is another game, a perfect example. Uh, I just... I noticed how many penalties were called this weekend. A lot of penalties. Um, Yeah. This is another game with three penalties. Um... Not all were correct, and, and I just remember watch. I watched this game, like the whole game, and I I feel like one of them was bullshit. I just can't remember which one. That's what happens when there's three penalties in the game. I just, for the life of me, I can't remember which one it was. One of them was bullshit. I don't know if it was the last one. I don't know if it was you know the Wolves one that ended up not mattering. Either way, Alex Wobi, remember him? He's still playing. Hey, playing well for him. Hey, William. Uh, two penalties and uh, Mateus Cunha and then Wang Hee Chan. Wang Hee Chan, silently very good. I don't think he's a long resident of Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think he's going to move on probably probably in the summer. Um, I think there's a there's a number of teams in the Premier League, but even just in Europe in general, that could use a player like that. That is feisty, can can get himself in the right position. But I obviously he scored the penalty in this one, but he's just a good player. And I think he's a little bit better than Wolves are. Either way, Fulham, fantastic result. I think this game deserved a 2-2 draw, to be fair. But again, I'll say I hate that I have to say this again. It's results business. Fulham, this is huge. Yeah. This pulls you out of the conversation of being tied on points with Nottingham Forest and only one point above Burmeth. I, it's huge. I I just, it can't be overstated. These are the games you have to win to stay in this league. So, 
cancerous enough and and like that's where i would like we were describing on the intro where the fabric of the season is being woven and stories are now really starting to come out and teams are really starting to flex where they are and where they want to be so man i'm just so happy we still have what we still have am i crazy to say because there are 38 game weeks we're at 13, so we have 25 more game weeks left of Premier League soccer. We're, we're actually we're officially one third of the way through. God, I love it. Because because 13 times three okay. would be 39, so we 38 are, games. So. so we are a third away, or a third in. Gotta love it. But um, that is going to be everything here today. Uh, get ready later in the week. We will have our match preview episode for another wonderful weekend in the Premier League. If you are not already, please give us a follow at the EPL Boys on Instagram to make sure that you're getting everything here up to date from the EPL Boys camp and being a part of our picks, being a part of our fan questions, which we should have on Friday. It's been a while since we've had fan questions. Um, and if you are not already, please give us a follow at the EP. I'm sorry, give us a subscribe on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on to make sure you are getting all the up-to-date information coming from the EPL Boys Camp. For JD, my name is Matt, guys. I want you to be safe. I want you to be well, and we will see you guys next time. Fuck Don Garber, fuck FC Cincinnati fans, and fuck MLS Pro referees. Peace out.